This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. First John chapter 3. I thought about this evening, Pastor Asher. I thought about when I saw where the young men were sitting tonight and the row of ladies ahead of them. It made me think of Jacob when he divided up the women and the children ahead of the men, so ahead of him because he was afraid of his brother Esau, so he put the women between him and danger. (laughs) Then I saw Jacob was in that row. Not feeling the love, guys. Not feeling the love at all. Yeah, I know, you're here, but you're a special kind of special. Like your youth pastor. Yeah, exactly. First John chapter 3, it's been a delight to be here. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed being with you again. It's been refreshing. Personally speaking, it's been an uplift for me to be here. I've longed to get back into the groove of missions conferences and such, and September began that for me. And now to be here and to be with you, to be back at Good News is a refreshing thing, and it did my heart good, the metaphorical heart, sure it did my other heart good as well, to be here with you and to fellowship once again. I'd be praying that God will meet the goal. God is able. A lot of it comes down to what does God want to do through us, and so I encourage you to seek the Lord in this last message. Now, this evening, when when we have the moment to see the, the last or the next number that we get, I want you to realize this. This is God's doing. And these numbers are not about the numbers like we're trying to raise a million dollars so we feel good about ourselves. No, every light that goes on, every card which comes in, indicates that we'll advance the gospel that much further. That's what this is about. This isn't to send the pastor to Tahiti with a one-way ticket, (laughs) but this is about saying, can we send more missionaries? Can we do more for the sake of the gospel? And I've enjoyed studying the Bible with you this week. In 1 John, we learn from chapter 3 and chapter 4, we learn that Christ offers us a love that includes us. God's love is for us. We also learn that Christ offers a love that is beyond understanding. How is it possible that the God of all glory who spoke the world into existence would have the ability to love us? And Christ also offers a love which cost him everything. And I also learn that Christ offers a love that compels me to purify my heart, to lay down my life for him, and to live for him. So when I call your attention to 1 John chapter 3, in verse number 16, I'd like to start reading there this evening, and I promise to get you out before the Waffle House closes. Do you know when it closes, Brother Mark? Of course you wouldn't know. How many of you don't do fine dining? Because everybody knows the Waffle House is always open. So you didn't know that. There's a great one just down the road here. There's a lady who works there who has a hat that says Waffle House Princess. It's a great place to evangelize, Brother Mark. And eat. 
1 John chapter 3, verse number 16. Jacob, I have a question for you, and I haven't even read yet. Second word in verse 16, what does it mean? Hereby perceive. Perceive, what does that mean? To show exactly, or to see, or to understand, to grasp, to get it. Let's say you're in school and you're trying to learn. And the teacher is going over it painstakingly, number by number, vowel by vowel, everything going through, and you're like, I don't get it, I don't get it, this is too hard, and you bang your head on the desk, you ask to go to the bathroom, you come back, I still don't get it, I need a recess, I need a break, and then all of a sudden, something mystical happens in the cranium space, and it goes, I got it! That's perceiving. That's the moment where the light comes on. It's an epiphany. Never mind, we'll just go with perceive. It's just that moment where we say, I understand this. Notice what John is writing. Hereby perceive we, what? The love of God. So the light goes on, it clicks, we get it. We know the love of God when something happens. Go back to verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us. Brandon, what does that mean? Laid down his life for us. Gave it up. It is what? His life. He died on the cross for us. Good call. You, the, the, the more hair product that you leave off, the better the thinking goes up here. Trust me, I used to have hair just like that. And then one day, the hair product got it. Look at verse 16. That phrase in verse 16, laid down his life, is a phrase that John used exclusively in his writing. He uses it seven times. And as he uses it, the sense of it is, while we read it in the immediate, and Brandon even gave us that indication, he died for us, and that's the easiest assumption to make. There's a deeper assumption that we have to look at here, and we get the sense that there is the motive behind it. Remember this morning we were talking about having a love for God. And that love for God is what drives us in our giving. And the sense of this phrase he laid down his life for us. And the next phrase talks about we ought to lay down our lives. This is the idea of having a loving willingness. Loving willingness. That's what God is looking for in us. So we understand, we get it, the light goes off about the love of God for us when we see that he laid down his life for us. Then he tells us we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So who would be the brethren, sir? Our brothers and sisters in Christ. That means that you ought to be willing to lay down your life for these. Do you have any siblings? Where? <laughs> That's fortunate. Where's your sibling? Dude, why all the way back there? You're not even with your fam. What in the world? So, so wait a minute. Matthew, 
Landon, Brandon, Landon. What am I talking about? Landon, Landon, do you love your brother enough? <laughs> we are now transitioning to a family conference, as you will see in the next few syllables. Do you love your brother enough to say, I love, well, can you just say, I love my brother? Good, good call. Your parents are listening. Could you say that I love my brother so much I would do anything for him? That's, that deafening silence is the, uh, is the Monsters, Inc. moment where Roz says, your stunned silence is very reassuring. That's that moment. So let's say you love your brother most of the time. What about you? Do you love your brother? Most of the time. If we could ever get them in sync, what imagine, what imagine what harmony would be at the house. But we're going to press on, Dad. We won't go into this much further. You are required by Scripture to have a loving willingness for your brother. You are required to have a loving willingness for your brother. Not so much as in, I'll die for him, but I would do anything for him. And it's not just your physical sibling. It's your spiritual brother and sister. Do you have a sibling? Yes, you do. Where's Noah? Noah! Do you, what is your name? Emily? With a Y or an I-E or just an I or some other variation that would mean you would get no keychain. Just a one. Okay. If you have a name that's an unusual spelling, you understood that moment. You felt that, right? Emily, does Noah love you like Jesus says he ought to? Sometimes. And then sometimes, not so much. He needs prayer, doesn't he? He does. Noah, do you love your sister like you're supposed to? And most of the time. And does, does your sister love you like Jesus said she ought to? All the time? Most of the time. Where's mom? I'm looking for mom in the peripheral. Yes, there you go. Dad, anything else I can cover for you? I have a list from your parents here that I'm trying to get through during a message on giving. There ought to be a loving willingness in all of us to use our resources to demonstrate the love of Christ to others. Notice verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because He laid down His life for us. We ought to lay down our lives, the phrase a loving willingness, for the brethren, 17, but whoso hath this world's good... What would be this world's good? Pastor Mark Taylor. I just want to see if you're paying attention. You were snoring and I was trying to wake you. The material possession. Good call. Thanks for bailing him out. And see if his brother have need. So you have someone else doesn't have. And shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. We'll get to that. How dwelleth the love of God in him. My little children... Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, 
but in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this time to read your word. Thank you for the missionaries that came. Thank you for the preaching and the teaching that's been done throughout the week from last Sunday. Thank you for the promised offering that's been received. Help me in these next few moments to convey the simple thoughts that you've placed upon my heart for this moment. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I have four very simple things to tell you tonight. They all start with love makes me do something. And we're going to talk about what love makes us do. Now, we spoke of this morning that when a couple believes they're in love, and not like 13-year-old, I'm in love, but I'm talking about how long y'all been, y'all are married, right? It's legal. Okay, good. 37 years. Is he right? Yeah, okay. So, when he first started showing up 38 years ago or so, do you remember that? Do you remember a, a young, dapper, skilled, muscul well, skilled <laughs> man showing up and, and expressing his care for you? Do you remember that? And you tried to shoo him away and he kept coming back? Yeah. <laughs> He had that look to him, and I figured that's what it had to be. And this is really, he's your mission field, right? He's your ministry, I get it. When I think about that kind of love, a love that will last more than 30 years, you have to say that there had to be some giving that's going on, and some understanding, and a lot of forgiving, and a lot of grace, and a lot of work. But there's one thing that love does, and when I read verse 16, I see the first thing that love makes me do. And that is this, love makes me give. Hereby perceive we the love of God. How? He gave his life. He laid down his life for us. And then the instruction is, we ought to do the same thing. So now when we look at this idea of giving in the promised offering, and we're saying that it's love that ought to be our motivation, when love is motivating us... The first thing it ought to do is it ought to make us give. There ought to be a loving willingness for you and I to take these promised cards that we have here and to fill it out. And the first thing we ought to realize is love makes us give. So, well, I love, but I don't give. That's not how you get a 34-year marriage. There's been a lot of giving. 37. 34 was us, wasn't I? get us confused all the time. 37-year marriage. How do you get that? You learn love makes you give. If love doesn't drive you, then you're going to run out of steam before the year is out and giving. If love drives you, then you just keep doing. There's a loving willingness to get the world the gospel. Here's the second thing I want you to realize tonight. Notice in verse number, as we're reading here in 16 and 17, I want you to note what it says. Verse 17, but whoso hath this world's good. That's identifying the material goods that we have. 
and see our brother in need. The second thing I have to get you to realize is this. Number one, love makes me give, but number two, love makes me see. It is love that allows me to see people where they are as they are. The greatest struggle I hear in churches when churches want to reach out to people in need in their community and people are afraid to say they're going to mess up the building. They're going to mess up all the stuff we paid for. They're going to mess up our classrooms. They're going to mess up our buses. They're going to mess up stuff and we don't want to be involved in reaching out because people are, are, are needy and we don't want to deal with needy people. Can I tell you this? Love will make you see people. That is, when you drive through your neighborhood, what do you see? Love will make you see people in need. Love will make you understand their spiritual need. When you drive, through, drive to church and you pass through other neighborhoods, not your own, love will make you see what their needs are. Do you see bus kids as mischief makers or opportunities to bring the gospel to a home that needs them? When we consider the different mission fields that have been mentioned this week and the different missionaries that are going to those places, love makes us see those things. What if I told you, me, um, Brother Brandon Kelly, that's weird. Get away from that. Brandon Kelly, Brandon, there. If I told you that I knew a mission field, 61% of that community claims no religious affiliation. Would you say that's a legitimate mission field? Do you know that mission field is Chesapeake? Six out of ten people in this county claim no religious affiliation. When I said to you the numbers in a generic way of saying 61%, yeah, let's get him a missionary. Hello, we're here. This is us. This is our mission field. This is our task. And it's love that makes you give, and it's love that makes you see. Notice the next part of that verse. Seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion. So this is an internal, instinctual, visceral decision that you're making to say, no, I'm not going to give. Here's the third thing love will make you do. Love will make you decide. You'll either decide yes or no. Yes, I'll give my resources. Yes, they'll, with loving willingness, I will make a contribution to the cause of the gospel. And love will make you decide. You'll say, well, yes or no, I will or I won't do it. And love is the thing that will drive it to you. Because if you can see someone who has this world's good and they shut up their bowels, and you shut up your bowels of compassion to say, nope, I'm not giving assent to missions. First of all, I don't think love is driving you. Because when I look at this passage of Scripture, love makes you see. Love makes you give. 61% of your county says we have no religious affiliation. Yet I can hear in conversations people say, well, we don't need church planners here. If 61% of your community responds in a survey and says, we have no religious identification. Who's going to see them? People who love will see. People who love will give. People who love will make a decision one way or the other. Number four, 
John asks the question at the conclusion of 17 and says, How dwelleth the love of God in him? Number four, love makes me check my heart. John is saying it's impossible that the same kind of love that God has is in you. If you say no, if, if love doesn't make you see, and if love doesn't make you give, and love doesn't make you decide, then the question is, when was the last time you checked your heart? Because you got to check your heart. Because love is the thing that will make you say, am I right with God? If you're not right with God, you don't even want to see these cards. But if you are right with God, then you'll say, no, love is what makes me give. Your family or friends may even ask you, why are you giving to missions? Love makes me give. Why are you giving? Love makes me see. I can see people in need, even in my own community. Love makes me Decide, what am I going to do? Love makes me check my heart. You know, sometimes guys can be cold in their heart and our wives can be more tender in their heart. My wife can cry on demand. It just, Folgers commercial, boom, done. Because of her personality, of the t is of a Hallmark commercial? Wow, we're gone. The whole box of tissues, right? And I, I am not, I am not criticizing or belittling my wife. I admire her ability. She has this amazing talent where she can talk to someone and just absorb all their feelings exactly how they feel. For me, no, not really. I mean, total strangers. We're in the store, and someone is dumping their whole life story out. I said, did you know? No, they just walked up and just started telling me stuff. And she can feel that. I, that's not me. But if I'm going to feel what the lost are facing, then I better check my heart to see what is moving me. Because if souls don't move your heart, that means something else is. Love makes me check my heart, number five. Number one, love makes me give. Number two, love makes me see. Number three, love makes me decide. Number four, love makes me check my heart. Number five, notice what he says in verse number 18. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Mrs. Taylor, this wonderful man to whom you've been married for the majority of your life, if he only gave lip service of I love you, but he never showed it, he never demonstrated it, he just had a talk and no walk, would you really believe that? No. Mr. Taylor, if Mrs. Taylor said only the words I love you and never showed it, would you have that assurance in your heart? That she genuinely loved you? No. Love shows up and does something. Love makes me take action, number five. Love makes me take action. I do something. It's not just to say, oh, I love you. 
Oh, you're the best thing that's ever happened to me. This is not love like I love McDonald's french fries. I really don't. I prefer Five Guys. But I, I, I love pizza. <laughs> well, I really do love pizza. I love East Side pizza, yes. All of those things are truth. However, that's not this kind of love. Love makes me take action. It's not just enough to say, wow, those poor people in Thailand, they don't have a Bible. Those poor people in Indonesia, they don't have a church planter. Well, those, those poor people in Hungary, those poor people in the Congo. Love makes you take action. He said, don't just talk about it, do it. In deed and in truth. Tonight, as you have this opportunity, I don't want to make it sound like the final opportunity, but we sure would like to make a huge dent in it tonight. This card. Love makes you give. Love makes you see. Love makes you decide. Love makes you check your heart. Love makes you take action. Would you stand with me? Dear Father, tonight around this room are wonderful people for whom I care a great deal. There's a lot of lights on the lighthouse that because of love they've given. There's a few more lights we'd like to turn on tonight if that would bring you glory. Not me or Pastor Asher or any of these missionaries. But if it would bring you glory and it would please you, we would love to see that happen. God, I realize this. It's going to take love. Love makes us see people. and Love makes us give. And it's love that makes us decide. And it's love that makes us check our heart. And it's love that makes us take action. Father, I pray tonight that every teenager in this church would ask you, God, have I done what you've asked me to do? Father, I pray for every person who's watching from the privacy of their home. Maybe they're at work or they're in their car and they're listening and they're watching the live stream. I ask you, God, that they will ask you the same question. Am I motivated by love? Am I doing what you want me to do in this offering? Father, for every stay-at-home mom, may she ask you tonight, am I doing what you want me to do? For every single mom and single dad, may they ask you the same question. Is love motivating me to give? And am I showing that I have a loving willingness? Father, for every working dad and working mom and senior in this church, those on a fixed income, may we look deep within and say, yes, it's love which makes me give and love which makes me see and love which makes me decide and love which makes me check my heart and love which makes me take action. Father, I pray tonight that every heart will look within and be obedient. Amen.
For this I pray in Jesus' name. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God, or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and God's Word has had an impact on your life, as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.